Welcome to the Scarleteers podcast, where we talk about our favorite show, Miss Scarlet and the Duke. Welcome back, Scarleteers, to the Scarleteers podcast. Yay! Yay! I'm Amanda. I'm Lindsay. And we have a special guest host, Diana. Welcome, Diana, to the podcast. Hello, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, we've had you on before a couple times talking about the um, crochet dolls that you've done when we've done the fan fan extravaganza one. I think the first one. Yes. Right. You've done the crochet dolls that we love. They're so gorgeous. So welcome back and we're happy to have you. Glad to be here. Yeah. Lindsay, what are we um, talking about today? So we have a very special guest for uh, this month's podcast. Uh, our guest is a very much loved cast member of Miss Scarlet and the Duke because, you know, that's what we talk about. So yeah. uh, he is from Ireland, as a bit of a clue, uh, studied mm-hmm. acting at the prestigious Lear National Academy of Dramatic Arts, has starred in Striking Out, Berlin Station, Doctor Who. And we are very, very pleased to welcome the lovely Oliver Fitzroy himself, Mr. Evan McKay. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Welcome, Fitzy. I love your commitment to the show. And honestly, a lot of support you give is really appreciated, like not just uh, offset, but on set. Sometimes we're having a long day and it's really lovely or sweet to see a little message come through from you guys. Really lifts our spirit. Thank you. We love you guys. You're all amazing. Yeah. It's, it's so nice to remember, like, why we're making this show, you know, for people to just really, really enjoy it, which is lovely. You're yeah. making it especially for us, you know. Of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you? How have you been? It's been a while since you've uh, last been in Belgrade. How have you been? Um, Yeah, it's been good. It's been good. It's, it's nice to be back for a little bit because we do spend we do spend a long time out there. As you know, because now season two and three come out, we did them back to back. So I think we were there for something like six months. Um, and for me, for a job, that was certainly like one of the longest I've ever done. Um, such an amazing experience. I know other people have spoken about it, but it's such a beautiful place that I didn't know anything about. And I think Stuart was talking about it, but um, recreating that world out there, they seem to have just done pretty seamlessly. It's fantastic. Yeah, we, we haven't noticed any difference between the set in Ireland and the set in Belgrade, other than season two, it was perhaps a little bit sunny. Because um, mm-hmm. it was obviously quite warm when you guys first started. Oh, it wasn't a little bit. It was horrifically <laughs> sunny. <laughs> and we're wearing whatever three-piece suits with um, the overall coats. Um, and we might be in like an attic in the centre of Belgrade in 35 degrees heat, absolutely crying. <laughs> how did you keep cool well very strangely like as, when i arrived it was that hot and the first scene i ever recorded for uh this show was i think um there's a scene where my character faints um because he yeah. because of his addiction um but <laughs> there's very little acting required it was my first day <laughs> i was very nervous i was like, short martin oh my god mm-hmm. he's just he's so handsome god so i was already feeling like <laughs> given way and then with the heat and the clothes um yeah it was it was great <laughs> luckily I didn't have any lines that day <laughs> just walk in done perfect first day I think the heat would have made me pass out too no kidding mm-hmm. 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 Or definitely would have made me pass out 
<laughs> just the whole excitement of being around all this. I mean, Scarlett and the Duke actors would have made me pass out probably. Yeah, Definitely. no. Yeah, if you if you ever seen Kate in person too, she's as stunning in person and as lovely as you can imagine. Okay, well, I have a question. Let's start from the beginning. How did you first get into acting? Um, I first began, I think, with maybe like something like, I mean, very very first was probably doing um, a small show called The Play That Goes Wrong, where I played the teacher at like age of eight and I remember mom saying you're committing way too much to this <laughs> there was a bit where you're supposed to faint on stage and they'd worked out a way where you you know do it really slowly and thing and little Evan was like no 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 I'm gonna completely like collapse down onto the stage and all the parents were like worried that I'd like cracked my skull <laughs> um but getting into it into it I suppose I didn't really um I probably came to it quite late I wanted to do drama when I was younger for sure but in terms of deciding it as a career, when I was in, um, when I was about 16, I, I was doing two or three shows between like either a school show or I was doing a show for um, an all female school. It was also in Cork uh, in Ireland. And, um, there was never, um, there was never like a big moment to be like, uh, this is for me. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to make a big decision. I'm going to become an actor. Oh, scary. It was, it was just, you know, when you fall into something, it made the most sense as the next thing to do that was what i was already um doing and when you see a careers counselor i've heard stories in the past about um about people who went to their careers counselor and said they want to be a singer or a musician or a dancer and they say well let's look at maths very luckily the school i went to which was close to Cullum in um cork i went into that careers counselor and told her so i would love to do acting and um she was like fantastic let's look at schools let's look at monologues Let's look at getting you in. Very supportive. Wow. And then from amazing. there, it was really nice. And then from there, um, I very fortunately got into drama school, my first school, which can be difficult sometimes. And it's, it can be very much a luck based thing too. So I was very lucky uh, to get into the drama school I wanted. Um, and I've just had the most amazing training. I wouldn't change anything about it. And from there, I went uh, straight with an agent in London. And uh, here I am. That's where I live now. Okay. Amazing. Lovely and you story. get to be our lovely Fitzroy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I was saying to Rachel, because we do, we obviously audition for these things a lot more over tape at the moment. Um, and it, it just happened to be one of those weeks where, like, you get maybe a lot of tapes in, or auditions. So, like, you don't know who's going to the room anymore because of COVID and stuff. It's a lot easier to just, you know, send in a tape. And I, I think I had a day where I had to do like three or something at the same time. And you, you um, for young actors, especially yours, a lot of the time you're trying to get someone to read with you, you know, for the other part. Um, and people can be busy. So I, I, you might get someone in. So I got someone in to read with me in the morning, but you know, you've only got 20, 30 minutes and uh, you might not have enough time to learn the lines and stuff. So I, I'm, I've sent Rachel, like in the tape, I've sent her my audition. Like, cause you can only see from the chest up. I'm, I'm wearing pajama bottoms and no, <laughs> no socks. And it's just the top up that I've kind of done Fitzroy-ish. And I don't, I, I didn't have time to learn the lines. So I've like set up my TV in front of the camera and I'm reading it off that. And, you know, I was get it done, get it sent out. And, um, I think it was a week or two later, um, they came back to me and they said, um, you know, they'd like you and Rachel, and Steve, who are already out in Belgrade, would love to have a video call with you and meet you. Um, just over that. 
um, I thought the meeting might be like a second round, but they were like, no, Rachel's decided. She's like, yes. She saw the tape and she was like, that's my Fitzroy. Aww. She Sorry. is so good at this. How much did you know about the show, Miss Scarlett Leduc, before you did the audition process? I know, I know, I know some people who've been in it already because a lot of them have gone to my drama school, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Maria, uh, Guyver, Barry McKiernan. Yeah, mm-hmm. we spoke to them. Matthew. And a, a lot of the time when these kind of things auditioned, you know, we all kind of are in the same circles. So we kind of, we kind of do hear about it. Um, I, I think I'd seen bits of it, but I hadn't seen it directly. Um, so then when it came through, I obviously binged it a couple of times. And I saw why you guys love it so much. Yeah. But it was definitely um, definitely a chaperone for me. Because a lot of the time when you're auditioning for things, you might do um, two, three rounds, or they might be chatting with someone in America who wants another opinion. And we've said this before, but Rachel just has a gut instinct with casting when um, assisted by Maureen Duffy too, but she'll just be like, yes, that person, that's the one for me. And I'm very, very lucky that I was her um, uh, <laughs> very um, Fitzroy person that she liked. <laughs> Probably because I was naturally awkward and stuff. <laughs> you kind of described how you went through the audition. Um, but when you first auditioned, did you know about the growth that Fitzroy would go through in season two? No, I had, I, so I, I, I had no idea that it was even, um, a major character, to be perfectly honest. Uh, a lot of the things you auditioned for is maybe two lines in this or an episode on something. Um, so my agent called me and he seemed really excited and he told me I got a job and I was like, oh, that's great. You know, I was delighted I got a job. Um, and he seemed, he seemed much too excited. So I kept being like, why, why are you so excited? And he sent me the email anyway. He explained it to me, but I think I kind of went over my head. And he sent me the email and it said, you know, season two and three. And I was like, oh, two se- I was like, two seasons, that's not bad. And then I saw the extent of the role and I was kind of taken aback. And again, that Rachel had uh, just trusted me uh, with with essentially her baby, you know, off the back of um, one tape. She just knew, you know. That's amazing to not even know how big the part was going to be. Wow. No idea. And then that was, so then I got an email saying, obviously, you know, we'll be flying you out for six months, which is off just some tape I did two weeks ago that, I, to be honest, I couldn't quite uh, remember amongst the sea of other tapes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you I was like, felt like you won the lottery. Scarlet in the Who? I was like, where am I going? Um, I thought it said Siberia too. I think, <laughs> I think there was a time when the email, so I thought it was being shipped off to Siberia for six months. But very oh, thankfully, it was Belgrade. Oh, so speaking of Belgrade, what was it like joining the cast out there? Because obviously it was new for them, but you're coming into a, a, a cast that has kind of known each other for a little bit of time. What was that like? Um, scarier in my head, for sure. When I I flew over on my own, so it wasn't like all of us going together like it had been maybe in later seasons. Um, but as you can imagine, like, Straight off the bat, Stuart Martin um, requested my number from someone else. And then before I even got on the flight, I had a text from him being like, where are you going, pal? Yeah, let's get a paper in your land, you know. Um, and he met me like nearly immediately um, after I got there. And we went and had a meet up on our own. Um, and 
was just so welcome and so charming, so lovely. And then the first night we went out for a really nice dinner to meet everyone. Um, there was a lot of names. I'm very nervous. You know, you kind of feel like, oh, God, geez, how have I ended up here? Still, again, I was like, I've only done a table. I have no no business here. And Kate Phillips arrived and um, sat next to me and I was just sweating. And then obviously she was absolutely just lovely and welcoming and cool. Really cool. Kate's like just someone you want to be friends with. Just a really, really lovely individual. So we see that Fitzroy goes through quite the transformation through season two, not only personality-wise, but also physically. How much did you have to do with how did he look with the poet's haircut and the dress that he was wearing? Um, a lot of this is, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously doing some acting or doing my best. Um, but, I mean, it's important to remember that for that first season when I come in, um, those first episodes, I am, like I said, just arrived in Belgrade and I'm feeling quite nervous, et cetera, et cetera. I'm, the character feels nervous. So I, again, it's not like I had to draw on that, but like me being naturally nervous in the scene, I could just live in that and be like, I don't know where to stand. I I, I don't really know, you know what I'm supposed <laughs> to be doing sometimes. And that kind of comes across well. And a lot, a lot of the jokes we got from that are, you can see me being nervous. I think it's like, I walked into a door at one point in the scene and Steve was like, we're keeping it. We're absolutely keeping it. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, and the hair, of course. Um, I don't know if you've seen Irish dancing, but it looks like a lot, like those curls they give them. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I saw that, I kind of looked at it and I was like, oh my God, I look like a hobbit. Um, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you'd be surprised how much of that was my hair. I think it's like 80 85 percent it was just those last bits of the back the curly bits um but i kind of oh, wow. missed it when it was done <laughs> i just assumed it was a wig no it's my hair <laughs> <laughs> well, i mean so much of that look when you first meet fitzroy is it it really does tell you kind of who he is and 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 fits with that kind of transformation over the course of the season yeah yeah, completely. He's definitely going for that Byron look, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, totally. For sure. Um, which is when we then get it cut off, I felt great, whatever. And then when we came back uh, for a new season, uh, I went to Rachel and I was like, I think I want to get longer again. <laughs> I've started to lean more towards, um, like from a character point of view, he comes in with his, what he thinks is amazing, luscious hair. And then everyone's like, what, why do you look like that? Like, what are you doing? Um, and then he kind of makes himself look a bit more like the Duke, essentially, to a clean, little, little flick back. And then I wanted him in later seasons, uh, maybe in future seasons, to, um, I want to see it grow out again. And like, he's like, you know, I'm comfortable with myself. Now I want to see, I want to see the lovely locks come back. Mm-hmm. Cool. I like it. Because it does kind of fit with him in that kind of Byron poet kind of look at that. And, and that's probably where he feels the most comfortable. Yeah, for sure. I think that's 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 him at his heart of hearts. He's definitely becoming a much, much better detective. Um, but I wouldn't say it's a super objective at all. We want him to see, we want to see him be his own person, not just a copy of William. We want to see Fitz. Well, I'm excited for you to see the new season. We've got development that um, I think we haven't seen yet. Which... Good for me was a lot of fun and I'm going to be so careful because me with just saying plot points <laughs> it's just 
just the worst. So <laughs> I'll just I'll just say that. We'll move swiftly back to season two. Don't you worry. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know um, Fitzroy goes through quite a bit in season two, like when he gets beaten up by Phelps and um, constantly being put down by his dad verbally and even by the Duke when he gets dunked in water to sober him up. How do you prepare for scenes like that? I find the, the physical ones are definitely not as bad. I don't think I don't think that scares him as much. Maybe maybe in season two you could be right. Like he's definitely just afraid of physical threat. But like when when he comes into the Duke, and I think it's in season three, and he's been beaten up by Phelps uh, for um, telling on him. Like he, the beat up, I think means very little to him. I think it's the the shame of the Duke seeing him not be the man he wants him to be. And I suppose preparing for that, like, I mean, uh, physically, the makeup team does a lot. And then, I mean, as far as acting wise goes, you just need to get into that feeling of how you would feel after um, getting hurt. And I feel like the physical bit doesn't matter. Like the bruise, the, the cut doesn't mean anything. It's the, the shame that you have to carry. Low energy, slow, mm-hmm. head hangs, trying to avoid eye contact as much as possible. I think that's how I would definitely approach it, especially with the Duke. Um, he doesn't, I, I mean, he doesn't want, he gets it a lot because the Duke's a, a lovely person, but he's not seeking this kind of pity like, oh, poor thing, I'll mind you. Really, I don't, really don't think he wants that. Um, I think he's more noble than that, which I really respect. He definitely seems like he looks up to Duke a lot, like a big oh, brother completely. kind of way. Yeah, completely. And I mean, my relationship with Stuart helped with that massively because, I mean, you've, you've spoken to Stuart. He's just like, I'll, 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 I'll joke about it, but he is like one of the nicest men I've ever had the pleasure to meet. Like, apart from like making me feel comfortable on a set and um, all that kind of stuff, he, you know, just, it's just a perfect example of how to be a better person. He's just such a good man um, and a good friend. And then that kind of makes our little bromancy stuff so much easier. Because I am looking up to him and the character looks up to him and you can see why he looks up to him because even though the Duke has a lot of um, a lot of characteristics that a normal man Fitzroy is kind of intimidated by, you know, he's a man's man and he's authoritative and he's a leader, stuff that would scare Fitzroy. Like Fitzroy can see that he's a he's a good person and there's, he, he's, there's been times where the Duke has allowed for him in small moments that the rest of the world can't see but between him and Fitzroy, there's a little eye contact where they know, you know, the Duke's just saved me there. He has a lot with his father where the Duke bails him out, but um, could never be called out in it because he's like, oh, no, no, the, the Fitzroy was doing something for me. Do you know? So that's all covered. And he never asks for a thanks or expects anything back. I think that's why he ends up trusting Fitzroy just so much. Like they, they have, they have, a lot more they don't say to each other. I mean, one of our favourite scenes is when Fitzroy obviously stands up to his dad and saves William's job. As fans, we, we're all literally like, I think we all fell in love with Fitzroy in that moment because you see him go from this kind of scared, almost little childlike person in episode one who is just seems very, he wants to do a good job, but he's also scared of the world around him to this amazing growth of being able to kind of stand up and, and, and show off. 
and and that must be you as an actor to read a scene like that you, you know that the fans are all going to get behind you in that moment and you know it's really Fitzroy's kind of shining moment of the season and when you read that how how did you how did you take that like that must be such a, a special thing I mean it's a bit of a gift for an actor isn't it um mm. there's, there's there's other scenes that like you might not want to play as much but even though they're perfectly within the character like one of the first ones I have is the Duke's fighting um this thug and Fitzroy's got the gun and like he just doesn't help and in my head I'm thinking I would definitely help but but Fitzroy cannot help he's just scared um so it's, it can be less fun playing those you don't feel very brave or cool and I have a lot of those moments through the series where I think losing a gun all these kind of things just messing up messing up messing up and to have one moment where you just see him just be completely inspired by the Duke and be brave and show like how clever he is very clever he can be he can be cowardly but like the boy's got brains and he uses them in this scene I think like it, it, I think it could definitely seem like it's a scene uh, for Fitzroy, Fitzroy overcoming his father. But I think for for me, it was a more of a scene of like, um, I, I feel like you see uh, Kate and Stuart, uh, Scarlet and the Duke throughout the season, just do um, essentially good things, kind things, things that don't come back to them, things that don't benefit them. You're like, Miss Scarlet never gets paid. And you're always like, why is she not getting any money? Um, or the Duke's always helping people. Yeah, he does a big huff after, but he is always doing kind things. And he's been doing that all season. And he's, he's, he's just been berated in his jobs, getting harder. And then you just see it all, a bit of karma coming back, being like, oh, I've actually planted a seed somewhere along the way that I didn't realise that seed is Fitzroy. And I've been helping that grow. And now it's come to fruition. And Fitzroy is now an asset to me. He's like, this person cares about me because they're just doing a selfless thing to help me. And when Stuart does this lovely uh, reaction, that in that scene which for me I found to be essentially what the scene was I mean it's Fitzroy but it's it's the Duke realizing he's got a friend in this world where you know there aren't a lot of friends so it's, moving it's on. just a lovely moment isn't it it's just that the there's just something about it and I think as fans we we've all just kind of cheered Fitzroy on in that moment and we're all just like yes we love him yeah yes, bless definitely. him it's nice for him to have that moment so moving on from season three, we see how the growth with Fitzroy has helped William and they have become this great duo. William or Fitzroy almost reads William's mind and to see what he wants, he reacts. And so they've become this great double duo, this double, great double act. How do you and Stuart like work those scenes together to make it this flawless, seamless you know, kind of dance between the two of you. I think, I think like it before, and it's it's not like rehearsal. When, when in terms of rehearsal, it's very much like a quick lion run, and sometimes we might want to play with it, sometimes we might not. And um, but we're just we're just we're having fun on the sides before and in between. Um, you know, keeping like keeping it fun, like just uh, joking with each other. Um, or mocking each other, but like in a fun way. So then when it comes to that and you fall into your characters, you know, so easily, um, it's there. And like the, Rachel um, might not get enough credit for a lot of the stuff that she puts in. That's funny. And then the stuff that we'll add in, do little looks or you know, confused looks, just stuff like that, that like we might think it's funny and then it, it feels funny. 
it's it's a comfortableness thing, I think. I feel mm. very comfortable mm-hmm. working with Stuart. Um, there's nothing I could do that he wouldn't just react in character to, do you know? Yeah. It's so effortless watching, you know, William and Fitzroy and, and how, you know, like you say, just a line will will kind of, a bit like in the second episode when um, William's like, oh, there's a person shouting and can you hear that? And he's just like, ah, I get you. It's just brilliant. It just always doesn't fail to put a smile on my face. <laughs> we had a, an acting teacher who always tell us that um, good acting feels like doing nothing. And I think mm. that very much like stands here. Like there'll be days where you're like overthinking this one moment or the way you reacted or do you just told someone died? Like how did re- you react and you're overthinking? And like the best stuff you do is when your brain's just turned off and you're just listening or talking as you would, I think. And that's how I find it, especially for comedy. If I'm really relaxed and just having a really fun day, um, if you're having fun offset, you're having fun on set, you know, and that I think it always comes through because we, we sometimes watch it back and even to us, because like it doesn't feel like watching ourselves, watching two characters and I can still find it. I can still find stuff my character does funny because it's, it's not me or it's not short, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we were chatting to Stuart about was um, about Fitzroy and William and if they were in a pub, what do you think that the two of them would talk about? Because they seem quite an unlikely duo with very different kind of interests and things. That's a good question. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think, does it relate to me going Because <laughs> I think the book Yes, short, it, but, it does yeah. relate to that. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we were very different people in a great way. <laughs> and even offset, I'll be telling story about some musical that he's never heard about or something like that and he'll be telling me um <laughs> how to get better at the gym <laughs> but um, but i think it'd be the same thing we see we see them have conversations uh, a lot you know in mm-hmm. passing when they're in the cabin stuff i don't think they ever have a drink together in the show um no you're yet. right i'm not sure they have Mm-mm. no um I, I can't imagine like he'd be uh I mean, I'd say, like, Duke loves him to bits. I don't know if he's his go-to drinking buddy. Um, <laughs> they've, got, they've got a camaraderie that may, may not extend to the pub. And if they did, um, it would either be, like, Fitzroy ranting on about um, the new opera in town or uh, <laughs> uh, the Duke kind of sitting, brooding, while Fitzroy kind of talks away and he kind of half listens. I think that could be a more... Uh, Which, <laughs> it's quite funny because, obviously, in season three... Fitzroy's all talking about getting in shape, going to boxing and not um not eating too much fat and there's William just kind of sitting there staring at this like dodgy pie. I know we reflect reality, don't we? <laughs> 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 um yeah, Stuart thought you you probably Fitzroy would probably be playing chess and he'd just probably be looking and going, I have no idea what you're doing. Oh, I, I wanted that. I'm I'm personally obsessed with chess. We have a check, not a checker scene. We have a domino scene, I think. Oh. Not with Stuart, with, oh, that's with Phelps, with Phelps. With Phelps. Are they playing dominoes or chess? I think Ooh, they're playing maybe. dominoes. They're definitely not playing they're chess. They're definitely playing I something. Remember. <laughs> <laughs> I remember because I had to look up the rules just in case. <laughs> it's called acting. You don't need the rules. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised how often you come onto a set and you're like, so obviously you're playing you know, dominoes and you're like, I don't have to play. <laughs> I've just, just realized I have no idea. So, speaking of playing dominoes, I guess, what's your favorite 
scene or a memory from filming on the Scarlet Duke? Do you have one? Oh, another fantastic question. Is it the dominoes? <laughs> the punch is very fun. That's mm. a good day at the office. I mean, Tim's obviously a sweetheart in real life, bless him. Um, but like, I, I tried to count the amount of times I get beaten up or, you know, shot <laughs> within the first uh, two, season two and three. And I was like, oh, it's really adding up here. Rachel's put me through my paces. A lot of, <laughs> lot of blood makeup, a lot of bruises. And she gives Fitzy a little punch. I was delighted. I was like, let's do it. 100%. Um, and this lovely moment afterward. Obviously, we've got like a lot of extras in the room in the pub, but you, um, you throw the punch, and you know, Tim uh, gives me the perfect reaction to make it seem like I've done the strongest punch anyone's ever done in their life. <laughs> You're just at work, and you just you have a moment of clarity where you just think there's just a room of people just clapping for me for doing a fake punch, and you're like, you know, life's going well. Life's going well. <laughs> so we've we've talked a, quite a bit about how Fitzroy and the Duke gets along, but how would you describe how Fitzroy feels about Eliza or what does he think about her? He seems to be a little bit in awe of her. Yeah. Yeah. I've gotten, I've gotten messages from people like, um, either shipping like Fitzroy and Hattie or Fitzroy and Eliza. And like, I couldn't, I couldn't think further from that, to be honest. I'm, I mean, he's clearly like, she's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. <laughs> and she's, she's so clever and he's clearly feeling like like that but like i i i think it's so boyish and like the same way you know a young a young boy might be like think his babysitter is beautiful because like mm-hmm. it's not like because kate's not like uh much older or anything than me but like it's it's personality wise they're just in different leagues you know she's just so she's just so much above and she's playing she plays him so well He's obviously very clever and um he does he does solve a lot of the cases, which it, it might not always seem like the outside, but when I'm playing it, I'm always like, Fitzroy's come in with the clue again. He's he's, he's done it. Like you were bickering away about, you know, some emotional relationship thing, and he's gone away, done all his research. Most saying, Stuart, what are you doing, Stuart? When's the last time you solved the case? <laughs> but <laughs> I think I mean you you I'm making sure that episode's out. Um yes, it is you've seen the episode with um him and Eliza, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, in season yeah. three. I think he that was a perfect her. chance for <laughs> taking the Duke out of the equation. Just gives you a moment to see what they're like together, um, and I think they're a solid team because I think she can speak to him uh, better than the Duke can at times. Because the Duke can be a man's man, but I think it's important to remember that, like, I don't know if Fitzroy had much of a a, a mother in his life, um, and it's definitely something we'll explore. Um, I don't know if you picked up on that, that like uh, he doesn't mention her mm-hmm. and um, his dad seems to be the big figure in his life. Um, Miss Scarlett's got that lovely like older sister thing where she praises him when she needs to and puts him down when he's being a bit, a bit silly, but in a, in a nice, kind way. And um, I think ultimately she respects him, even though he's not of his time, which is very much like herself, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I we were just... so happy when he paid her. Like, we literally, I think because in season three, she has a lot of cases where we're just like, oh, she's not going to get paid for that. And then when Fitzroy hired her, we were just like, yes, she's get. he's not going to not pay her. So 
she she's sorted for this one um no, and, no, and it must be quite a big case. moment for Fitzroy to go to her in William's absence like he sees her as as almost a second in, in command type person that like, I can go to you and talk to you about things that I couldn't talk to somebody else about Oh, yeah, I definitely don't think it was a brave big decision, though. I think he didn't even second guess it. Like, of course, of course she's next. Yeah. She's brilliant. And she she's kind and she'll help. And she's she's a woman, which is nice. Like, who else in that police force is he going to turn to? Definitely not going to turn to Phelps. <laughs> no, and, no, and she's, she's brilliant. And I think, obviously, a lot of people, we're living in this world where it's, we're able to see kind of the ins and outs showing people are being very sexist and stuff like that. Um, and it seems to have just, he just missed it, you know? He's just completely unaware of how he's supposed to be in terms of that and just sees her as this clever person who happens to be beautiful, but she's just a person, a really brilliant, brilliant person. He says yeah. it a lot. I think there's loads of lines where he's like, you like never fail to amaze me. And like, he's always saying to the Duke, like, oh, she's great, isn't she? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So who do you, Evan, think makes the better detective, Eliza or William, and why? What a horrible question. Horrible. <laughs> and we always Pick your favourite child. Ones. <laughs> um, oh, he'll kill me, but I think it's Eliza. <laughs> I think it's Eliza. <laughs> and it's because it's yeah. I, like, I did sit down and work it out one day. I went through all the episodes and I was like, like we're all getting like little clues at a few of like who's actually solving these cases? And it was either a hundred percent. The Duke does a lot of the man bit. Um and there's times where he gets things done that I'm like, God, we obviously we couldn't have we couldn't have done that. But in terms of solving cases, um I think it's I think it's a, I think it's Eliza. It's gotta be Eliza. She's too yeah. clever. We did talk to him and he said how there's always like, oh, can the Duke solve this one? Can the Duke solve this one? Can please, can you solve this <laughs> one this time? No, it's always going to be Eliza. Eliza's going to solve oh, it. Check, check them back. Either I've gone mad or just watch episodes and realize that you'll be like, yeah, the Duke solved that. And you'll just see. I mean, I'm backing Fitzy up. He comes in with this, oh, it's actually this person. They live at this address. <laughs> Here's their statement saying they did it. And he hands it to the Duke. And then the Duke goes off to Eliza and he's like, I solved it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You're kidding me. It's fine though, I'm not bitter. It's fine. <laughs> you are right though. Fitzroy does he does t- um do a lot of the legwork for Duke yeah. these days and he, he's he's an encyclopedia yeah. there. Yeah, he does all the research. Mm. That's what he's good at. Go, go but records are fit. Good records. records. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So everyone has said how welcoming you were to others when they were coming out to film and how much you love showing people around Belgrade. What were your favorite places to show people? Did you have a favorite spot in Belgrade that you like to go when you weren't filming? I, I think I was there for so long. I got to the point where I was like, I was almost apologizing before I brought them somewhere because I was like, well, obviously they've never been there, but I just, of course you have because I've been there a million times. Um, there was a lovely place called, uh, there's a fort out there, which is really nice. Um, you can go for like a lot of walks, a lot of nice bars and cafes, restaurants. A chain called Smokvitsa. So, do you know, like, if someone would new would come in, they, they might bump into the and they're like, "Yeah, actually, Evan's bringing me for dinner tonight." And he's like, "He's bringing you to Smokvitsa." And they're like, "Yeah, how did you know?" Yeah, so yeah, it's just classic. It's just usual. <laughs> um, 
you 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 get into a pattern. You find places you trust for sure. I did love having people out though, because um, Kate and Stuart work like troopers. You know, they're there. You know, all the time. I don't know how Kate's doing it. She just digests that script and seems to be able to just come in perfectly off book every day while being amazingly fun friendly on the site. Um, but I might, I might, a lot of my stuff might be quite broken up. So I'm out there for the full time, but I might not work um, as often during the week. So it means I'm open more to be able to um, say hi to people who come in and stuff. Whereas um, Rachel and, uh, and that might be, you know, just, just, just too busy, which is completely understandable. But it was great for me. Do you know, I feel like I went through like, because uh, uh, I get like a guest over for a week or two and I'd make a new friend and then someone else would come in. It was really sweet. It was nice. <laughs> and it's, it's one of the things I look forward to with the job. I meet a lot of people who maybe in normal walks of life I might not get to. Oh, that's so nice. Um, you you ha- seem to have a love of music. And, and am I right? You play a lot of instruments and you play in a band. I, I wouldn't say I play loads of instruments. I play um, piano quite well and mm-hmm. violin. And yeah, I've played in a band and stuff, and I've written, we've written some, um, we've written some musicals and stuff. So I do love music, and that definitely would have been the thing I would have done um, had I not done acting. I hope that wasn't a question later because I've just <laughs> steamed through that. So I have, but yeah, I do love music, and um, I think <laughs> I'm definitely going to talk to Rachel and be like, "Can we get Fitzy on the keys at some point?" Oh, uh, definitely. Don't know what he'd be playing, but I'd love it. Um, or I think there was a there was a wedding for um oh Hattie's character um marries that man I can't remember mm-hmm. his name Ludwig and I was like why is the why is Fitzy not playing in that spring quartet he could oh. be there <laughs> didn't get an invite I don't know if you noticed he wasn't there okay. I mean it's fine didn't get to wear tux it's all cool though all good <laughs> but I definitely I definitely like to see it and I'm I'm really a big fan of the uh the shade of Miss Scarlet. As soon as I got the job, I started to learn on piano. I was like, this is brilliant. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For each of the podcasts, we ask our fan group, uh, do we have questions for whatever topic we're going to discuss? So here are some fan questions that we have for you. First one is from Sabrina in our Facebook group. Um, What similarities or differences do you share with Fitzroy? Maybe more similarities than I'd like like to admit, but um, I'm not as clever as him for sure. I think I'm I think I'm a bit more confident than him. He can be a bit um, lacking that, but he's he's um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Oh, I, th- I think he's I think he's a lot shyer than I am. He's a lot uh, more afraid to be who he is. I think he's a lot posher than I am. A lot more wealthy. I mean, have you seen those clothes? He's <laughs> killing it. And I think he's, he's he's got much, I mean, it's not me attacking myself, but it's, I mean, sometimes you play someone and you're like, that's actually a really lovely thing that I should take on. I think he's just got a, a really um, open heart to meeting new people, like anyone and everyone. Like when he first meets Mr. Potts, like he, Mr. Potts being a bit strange and stuff and um, the Duke was getting visibly annoyed. And I was just like, I'm just going to play this like, oh, that's so interesting. You're amazing. Wow. Like, I'm just but like, but being that open to every new character makes it fun for me because we get new characters in all the time. And um, it's just, it's just, I'm going to think the best of you until you prove me wrong. And even then, I'm going to still 
assume the best of you. We see him forgive Phelps maybe, you know, so many times and just be like, oh, he's probably nice now, even though he's not been nice before. And I think that's a quality I envy for sure. That's that's interesting. Yeah. It is. So Mary wanted to know if you wonder what Fitzroy's relationship with his father is like now since the end of season two, when he stood up train for William. End of season two or three is it? End of season two. End of season two. I think I think at the end of season two, it's it's a step in the right direction. So he's made a big bold play, but um but he's definitely not uh, in any way uh, out of the woods or like over his over the, the control or power that his father has over him um at all. Um is very much a big thing for him. And I think you see it in season three. Um and if I'm wrong about that, because I'm all confused with which uh, <laughs> when the episodes happen then in season 4 absolutely you will see it then uh, 100% I know what happens there um, I think the relationship with his father is very interesting and I, I think uh, we've, we've changed we've, I've not changed but um, the actor we had for the part wasn't available this time around so we have a different actor um, very lovely man and you're going to see a different taste to that character too and I think um, see a bit more of him, and you'll see how Fitzroy is in a in a in a more relaxed environment. Just to check, you haven't seen Fitzroy with uh, his dad like um, in a pub yet, have you? No, no, no. Okay, well then that's not happened. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit that bit out. Don't worry. No, it's fine. It's fine. But I'm just. I just mean you'll see him. You you. For me, it was like okay. So now, like he's not in work. He's not, he doesn't have the juke next to him. You see, like, how do you two speak to each other normally? And you mm-hmm. see a bit of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll give you a bigger insight to where they are at the moment. And those episodes in that season will further that. Okay. Cool. So Meg would like to know, why do you think Phelps has the nerve to bully Fitzroy when his father is the police commissioner? And do you think that was a bit risky, given he doesn't know that they don't necessarily get along? I mean, Phelps j- just doesn't care, does he? <laughs> um, uh, he's he, he, he's clever, but not the same kind of clever that Fitzroy is. He's like, he knows, he gets people. He knows how people work, I think. But he, I don't think he understands how the world works very well. And maybe he wouldn't kind of put that together. And if he did, I just don't think he'd care enough. He knows that Fitzroy is more scared of him than he is of his dad, I'd imagine. Um, he's not going to go run into his dad. You know, it's not something that men do at that time uh, in this world. Um, and he does spend a lot of time with Fitzroy, more than we might see on screen, you know. It's um, it's a small little community, and mm-hmm. uh, Fitzroy and Phelps seem to be like the Duke's kind of go-to people a lot. Um, so I think he knows him inside and out. And I think the, the reason he bullies him too is because it's just, He's just a sign of change, difference. He's just, he's wrong. He doesn't fit that world that Phelps knows really well. And I think we all know people like that, you know, um, who just don't want to see that. Um, but I, weirdly, I think even with the beating up or even him getting punched by Fitzroy, for me, it was like the, the punch, like, I mean, he treats him horribly throughout the episode, but like, it was a big sign of like, all right, 
Right, you're a man now, or you're moving towards what I assume to be a, a good person. You're like, now I can, now we can talk, you know, one to one. Now we can be uh, real with each other. And I think that's how the relationship goes. It's not, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a healthy relationship uh, from Phelps' side, because it, 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 it's it's uh, <laughs> it's fertilized with fear, um, but it works, and we see them solve cases. I think we see them in season three have an episode together. Yes, we do. That's sure. It's definitely that season. I haven't missed. Oh, it's definitely <laughs> that one. Yeah, we see them work together. And it's a strange combination. But you can see Fitzroy can do all the background work for days, but like put him in front of a group of people and try and get him to inspire them or um, be like, tell me what's happening. And he just, he just he just doesn't have that skill. And and he turns to Phelps and Phelps does begrudgingly acquiesce to help him. Um. And you suddenly see a weird, really strange team forming. Sorry if I've digressed off the question completely, but I hope that answers it. No, that definitely gives you another thought process on how Phelps and and Fitzroy kind of interact. Because you always kind of think, his dad's the police commissioner. Like, he could stop you from getting promotion, kind of a promotion and things. And But like you say, Fitzroy's not going to go running to his dad and go, wait, this one's a bit of a loose cannon and get rid of him kind of thing he, he, he because like you say he's a bit scared and he wants to you know sort himself out kind of thing so he would never probably tell his dad oh this guy's beating me up mm-hmm. completely Rachel could have easily written a character with the exact same name called Fitzroy who gets into the police force straight off of nepotism and instead mm-hmm. of being um like quite you know, quite lovable quite like um sweet and like he doesn't know why he's there and just be like, like I mean, Draco Malfoy, like my father will hear of this, you know, that kind yeah, of vibe. Yeah, yeah. He's, I think you can, within two seconds of meeting him, you know he's not that kind of person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that takes away the fear from my father will hear of this. That's, That's a, a brilliant point. way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. So Trina asks, did you have to learn any boxing skills for season three? Yes. I had done Mai Tai for that year before, not for the show, just by pure chance. But we have um, we had an amazing, amazing stunt coordinator uh, come in um, who just ran me through a couple of, you know, clean punches. And then, you know, because we have, we've got a lot, sometimes you know, we've got a lot of free time too. And maybe the stunt coordinator might be there for a fall, which is technically, you know, a stunt. And I might have an hour or two before. So we just kind of did maybe more than we needed to uh, and just had a lot of fun with it and just practice you know, a good stance, how to throw a solid punch. And then there's obviously the stagecraft of uh, masking it for you guys so you can't see contact, you know. Um, but yeah, we did practice a lot and I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it. It's very it's very fun to uh, be doing this kind of jig where you're always wearing your fancy costume and then have a scene where I'm with Ansu, who's absolutely, you know, <laughs> jacked and <laughs> doing some punching with him where Miss Scarlet walks in, I was like, this is this feels new, this feels fresh, this feels like a nice difference. I like the fact Fitzroy kind of like moves a little bit quicker to show off to her. Oh god, yeah. Oh god, yeah. The stuff like stuff like that you would just do without even thinking, you know, like, of course she's coming, of course you're gonna try and impress her. And uh Rachel's probably already written it in because she's ahead of you, she's very clever. Mm-hmm. So um Diana E wanted to know. She says, uh, Duke gives Fitzroy a lot of advice. What sort of advice do you think Fitzroy could offer the Duke? I would argue he does. But, like, I don't, 
I think you'll notice he does it through questions, being like, oh, why do, why do you think she said it like that? Or why do you think, and he'll ask him questions, he, it, the Duke will kind of try and shrug them off, but he'll realise the questions are leading him towards the answer in his head. And we'll see the Duke decide what to do in the next scene based on these questions Fitzroy has asked, do you know? Um, I think, I think obviously Fitzroy has his struggles, which we could all see, you know, um, just being around men and just being authoritative and all that kind of stuff. But, and then, I mean, it's the, it's the, it's the, the whole problem with the series of like, not the problem, but the problem for the Duke in the whole series is he's this wonderful, amazing man, a great detective, a great person. And the boy just cannot show his feelings. He just cannot do it. And he sees this young man who can do nothing but show his feelings. He can't stop showing his feelings, which is his biggest problem. And they both, they both uh, learn from each other. I think just by osmosis, by being near each other. Um, and I think even in season two and three, we see the Duke opening up more. And I think we'll see that more again in the next season. Um, and I think we see the way that like, the frankness with which Fitzroy talks to Miss Scarlet, he's really polite, but he's, he's very honest and open with her. And he can't understand, I think there's times where he can't understand these weird games that the Duke and uh, Miss Scarlet are playing. I don't even think he knows they're playing them. I think there's a scene where the Duke's asking him like uh, questions about, you know, her and what she said and the way she said it. And he's just mm-hmm. like, why are you asking me all these? He just doesn't, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I yeah. think that's genuine. Like a lot of the time, he just thinks we're solving a case. They've got this whole chess game going on, where well, I'm not going to give her that evidence because she didn't do this for me and he didn't do this. I, he just, just kind of goes over his head, and I think he sees Fitzroy being generally just happy, and I think he learns from that. I don't. I think if Fitzroy ever tried to have that conversation, it'd be like, why don't you just talk to her? Why don't you just tell her? I think he'd be shut down so fast uh, <laughs> that there'd, there'd just be no point. Van Fitzroy knows that. It'll always be an unspoken conversation. That leads nicely on to Lila's question, which is, do you think Fitzroy actually realises that William is in love with Eliza and could he help her win his heart with with maybe some poetry or what do you reckon? (laughs) I think he knows, completely knows. He's really clever. You saw in his first episode, are you, you and her, question mark, and he like throws him out the door. Um, obviously, the whole world can see it, uh, but Fitzroy will be acutely aware. Um, can he help? Absolutely not. I don't think there's any world. I don't think there's any realm of possibilities where that could happen. Um, he's just too clumsy and awkward, and they play this uh, very meticulous dance of wits. Um, that he would not be able to understand or, you know, meander through. I, th- I think, I think there might hopefully be a moment in this, in this one, because this hadn't happened at all. Um, like I could certainly see a moment for the character where, um, cause he's so comfortable with the Duke now that he just turns around and just says, what are you doing? Like you're always telling me to be like this, be like this, be like this. And I'm trying and I'm doing that. And you're just, you're just not. Um, you know, I learned from you, but how can you be, how, how, how can you like keep telling me to be a man when you can't just tell a, a woman who you're in love with how you feel? Um, I think he's completely aware of it, but I don't, I, I would hope that he would be able to say that to him. And I think the Duke might brush it off and tell him, yeah, whatever, like leave me not. And then the next scene, you'd see him in our living room, I think. 
but we'll have to wait and see, won't we? Mm. Totally see for Troy finding a girl and him and William trying to figure out how to make them each fall in love with them together. You know, that would be hilarious. <laughs> but a double date. Um, <laughs> oh God, they'd yeah. be the worst wingmen for each other. <laughs> so um Laura wanted to know if you think Fitzroy would ever try to ask Eliza out. No, no, I don't think so. I don't Not think even so. as a friend I, to a musical. Oh, accompany me to the opera for sure. Yeah. But I think in it, oh in the way that I thought you meant in like a romantic sense. Just, no. just ever just kind of get the pluck up the courage to say something to her. I mean, where we are now in the season with the character, like I wouldn't be surprised if that's already happened off screen, to be honest. That wouldn't be something if someone just mentioned in a scene that, oh, I remember a couple of weeks ago when we went to the blah, blah, blah. I think that wouldn't be, you know, alien. I don't think it would be too out there. I think the Duke would be like, well, what did you go see? And, you know, he wouldn't know what the opera is and he should pretend he did. <laughs> Um, but and he might be a bit like, oh, we should go with you. But I don't think the Jerry would be jealous, and I don't think Fitzroy would see it as a romantic thing. But um, but I mean, it's not the question you asked. But like, does he see Eliza as a friend? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. I think so, and that's why he turns to her when the Duke isn't there, and I think he always will. Um, you mentioned about you know playing the piano or the violin. Callie would like to know, will Fitzroy sing in the show again? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I can't spoil anything and I don't know. And talk to Rachel. It's none of my business. <laughs> <laughs> we love his little Gilbert and Sullivan. Yeah, yeah, he's very sweet. Um, and we were talking about the time, and like, it's weird to think of it at the time, but like him singing Gilbert and Sullivan at that time is like us just singing Hamilton now, you know, like it's a brand new musical, super big. And it's such a strange way to think about because obviously they're all musicals to us. Um, so we'll see. I like, I like keeping track of the timeline we're at and what's coming out um, theater wise. Cause we know a lot of those, we know a lot of those musicals. Um, I would like to see him uh, maybe play something, but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll wait and see how Rachel feels. <laughs> We'd love to see you play something. It's just fun. It's very sweet. And I think I think for me a little bit, like there's a lot of the, he, he talks about poetry a lot and he is an artist and he's he talks about all this stuff, but I don't we don't get to see a lot of his poetry yet. Uh or um that side of him because we have to focus on him becoming a better police officer because that's the show. Um Yeah. But I, I, I do wanna see um what Rachel comes out with for uh, showing that side of him. Um, because, I mean, it's up to Rachel, but I'm assuming he's good. <laughs> I'm hoping he's good <laughs> as a poet. Perhaps we could have a murder at an open mic night. Oh. Do you know what? I can't see it. I cannot see it, but, I mean, let's see what it's like. Mm-hmm. Put it in the pub. Phelps will be there, front row. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> He'd be throwing tomatoes. Oh, no. You might miss oh, that no. one, to be fair. You might miss that one. Oh, no. Doesn't really sound like his scene. It's fine. <laughs> well, no, but we'll see. I'll tell him it's free beer. <laughs> oh, then he'd definitely be there. 
Well, Evan, I think our hour is up. It's been wonderful and amazing to talk to you. We cannot stress enough how much we adore the character of Oliver Fitzroy. He is beloved in everyone's heart. And we appreciate you so much for bringing him to life. And we, as Scarleteers, love you for it. And, Yay! Definitely, and, definitely. Yeah. I really appreciate and, it. And like I said at the start, I can't uh, stress enough how much we appreciate your your support making this show. Because um, it's consistent and it's extremely kind. And it means a lot. So doing these kind of things is, you know, an absolute pleasure. Yeah, and thank you for talking to us for an hour. Um, Scarlet Tears listeners, if you haven't joined us, we have a, a Facebook group. Just go to Facebook and search under Scarlet Tears Podcast. We also have an Instagram. Just search Scarlet Tears Podcast. Our website for past podcast episodes is scarletearspodcast.wordpress.com. Thank you, Fitzy, for joining us for this hour. We appreciate it and you. Um, Scarleteers, join us next time for another fun one. And everybody, thank you and bye-bye. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Scarleteers podcast. Music by Kevin McLeod, Incomatech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribute 4.0, license HTTP colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by forward slash 4.0 forward slash.